Can you share personal photos online without sharing your face with the giant global database that is the internet? Welcome to Tech First with John Gutierrez. Every time you share a photo online, you, in a sense, lose control over it. Algorithms and AI grab it, they judge it, they sort it. That might be pretty innocuous. That might be just ensuring that it's not a pornographic image that you're uploading to Facebook, for instance. But it also might be putting you into a global face recognition database. Writer AI says they have a solution to that. To learn more, we're chatting with Marion Glazer, who's a CEO and founder of Brighter AI. Marion, welcome. Yes, good to be here. Excellent. We tried to do this like a week and a half ago, and my internet totally failed, so I apologize for that. Now we're on and we're live. Thank you for coming again. Let's start here, Marion. What's the problem? Why should we be concerned about the photos we share? Yeah, you, you already picked it up a little bit. If you think about it deeply, it's more crucial. We have uh, not just smartphones with high digital uh, cameras and uh, quite a bit of quality, but also public cameras or, uh, or cameras uh, that you don't even know that you're being captured from someone that takes a group picture, for example. And all these images, they can be analyzed for any kind of face and anything that is in there and basically stored, collected and matched. Which means that even without your knowledge being maybe captured on the street from someone, maybe even in the back of the selfie of the other person, yes. this image that you're not aware about, maybe online, is uh, um, being crawled and then can be used to check this picture of you in the back of someone's selfie and directly link it to your social profile or yeah. to link it to LinkedIn. There was something very scary that I saw. That's, that's uh, one example. Somebody took a picture, um, basically a bit hiddenly, of a person sitting in a bar, and this person in the bar wasn't aware of it. And he checked directly through a platform, what's this person? And what's the LinkedIn profile of that? And checked the profile even before this person was talked to. And that's quite scary. It is potentially scary. I mean, it has a lot of implications. It could be as simple as somebody taking a look, but it could be a government agency. It could be some foreign country. Exactly. It could be a company uh, looking for you in an automated way. Is this a high net worth individual? Should we pay attention to him or her when they walk through the front door or something like that? Very, very interesting. So for some people, their solution is they don't share anything and maybe they wear a hoodie or a hat all the time. Who knows? Others share without even thinking about it. What's your solution? So our solution is that we see that like saying to not share will not happen because people like to share what they do. And it's good, especially as you said, uh, political like or law enforcement misusing it. There are moments, for example, in demonstrations where you want to share what is going on in the world. You're going out on the street to protest for and have the freedom of speech and you want to share that and you should have the right and should not be limited uh, by anything. So mm -hmm. what we see is that there are current solutions to maybe pixelize a face or maybe put an emoji on top of the face. But this essentially changes the emotion of the, of the scene. As you see here in this nice video, you're having all those different people and they sc scream into the camera, they stand up for their rights. And this basically matters in their face to, to express what is going on. Our approach is, and, and thanks for showing it actually again, uh, we extract the original faces and replace them with 
new faces that are non-trackable to the original one. So they are dif different from the original. And if this person was on a demonstration, this picture will not help anyone, not neither the law enforcement or for misuse, uh, um, if you're not in a, a democratic country or anywhere, to use this image against you. And How does that work? How does that work? Because are, are you totally replacing the faces? Are you making some tiny changes to them so that an algorithm, an AI can't see exactly what they are? What are you doing exactly to them? Yeah, it's a good question because there's one approach where you only change like slight pixels and then you try to fool facial recognition. What we see in research and uh, also in own development, that's a cat and mouse game. So you're changing kind of like a couple of pixels, you fool one detector, one algorithm, and there's a new algorithm and that works again. So our approach is different. As you said, we're changing the entire face. So we, we would take your face, for example, and modulate with the same age and gender and ethnicity and new face, which would be not yours. It would be basically an artificial person's face and therefore not be recognizable and trackable. And the, the advantage of that is that since it's a different face, the better facial recognition algorithms become, the different face will tell them, oh, this is clearly not the same person. This is clearly not John, because <laughs> the facial recognition is even more fooled by our entirely new face. That is really, really interesting. I mean, and it, it brings up all kinds of questions, right? I mean, who is actually there? Is this photo real? Is this historical? Who can take real photos of historical things? Are the rest of us just taking random pictures that, you know, are essentially faked? You know, there's, there's lots of questions that brings up. Yes, definitely. Essentially, as you say, we're changing the original material. Uh, so we do feel uh, publicating those images should be marked with, okay, here are protected faces. Um, one hand, they are protected because we want to encourage it. And on the other hand, it's not the original faces to, to say, okay, this is altered material. And this is in a way then bridging the gap of having on one hand, the, the material, the photos online and share them with those kind of emotions and compensate uh, that, that the material is not actually real with the huge advantage of data privacy and protecting those people. So a couple of questions that come up and, and we're going to get into the questions around, I want to share pictures of myself, uh, maybe my family or something like that. And I want to do that in a privacy safe way, but maybe even before we do that, how does this work technically? Where are you getting the faces that you are mapping onto people's bodies? It's a bit magic. That's what, <laughs> I don't believe that. That. <laughs> that, 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 that. That's what our investors say. It's magic. No, but it's. Uh, I it, want it, those it, investors. If they believe in magic, I've got a bunch of startups for them. Hopefully, they got a few billion dollars to spare. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, and jokes aside, but in, in fact, we having a deep neural network. It's a generative deep neural network that truly generates a new face without having any additional information except for what is the target age, gender, ethnicity, and basically the mimics of the person. So there is no face before. Uh, the face that we generate has not been there before. It's out of a combination of data newly generated. And it, it's funny about uh, deep neural networks uh, as they use those information and then create something from new, even basically trying to, to go in there uh, is magical because it's happening within the neural network. 
So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's actually really interesting what you said there. What I heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that perhaps you have a 35-ish female Asian woman in the picture, and you're going to generate a face that is along those lines, right? And maybe there's a a 45-year-old Caucasian male, or maybe there's a 20-year-old Black woman. You're going to generate a face that fits those general characteristics, but is not the exact person that was there. Is that correct? Is that what I heard? Uh, 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 That is correct. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. And 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 in order uh, just to add on that in order to avoid biases like uh, you you might have for ethnicity that it that it can be not as clear and we also don't want to basically create something that wasn't there before just mm-hmm. by doing a wrong interpretation we we don't want to 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 make someone asian even though he isn't because of some side effect yes. so um in fact and that's a critical question in fact what we do is we take the the input of the original uh, image including the bias and we incorporate this in the output which means that we we are just recreating the same kind of uncertainty with the same kind of uh, uh, basically yeah appearance towards the new face which wow. means that if if it's before kind of like not clear asian not clear european because it's it's just the way it is then mm-hmm. this appearance will be very similar to that as well this is interesting. This is this is uh, more challenging stuff than I thought, and all kinds of questions <laughs> that it raises. Obviously, I, I'll, I'll turn to the personal question. Um, I want to share sure. a picture of myself. It's the selfie, right? Uh, we went out to hike the mountain. There we go. Uh, maybe it's my family. Maybe it's my kids. Other things like that. How do I do that and have it be privacy safe, and and yet not <laughs> be sharing pictures of somebody else <laughs> who doesn't exist? Yes, with every technology step comes certain risk. And we basically watermark images that they have synthetic faces to avoid this misuse. We enable the user on own risk to disable it. But this is then clear violation of a moral codex, uh, I would say, if you, but this is also not something that is really new because also with Photoshop, even before, if you want to really fake something, you, you are even without our tool able to fake a selfie and try to, to make their yeah. something new yeah, out of it. Yeah, that's not exactly what I'm asking. What I'm, what I'm asking is I go somewhere, I take a picture of myself and my family. Yeah. I want to share to my friends and to my yeah. family via some social platform. And I want them to know, yeah, this is me. (laughs) And I was here. I climbed Mount Everest or wherever we are. And and here's the picture of me. And I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if your technology can allow me to do that in a privacy safe way, maybe changing some of the pixels or something like Mm -hmm. that enough Mm -hmm. so that uh, an AI algorithm that looks at it can't necessarily match Mm -hmm. me up with my LinkedIn Mm -hmm. profile or whatever else. Mm -hmm. But... My friends and family know, yeah, yeah, that's John. That, that's what he mm. looks like. And that's yeah, yeah. actually at the summit of Everest. Um, you know, uh, can you do that? Yeah, no, uh, uh, intentionally. So the, the bit of the uh, um, cat and mouse game um, of changing just a few pixels, we're not doing this uh, for your own safety. Because if we would claim, okay, we change a couple of pixels, this might work at the current state. But this photo will stay online. So if we only change uh, a couple of pixels so that your friends still know that you're John, we are risking actually that you feel, oh, this is protected. 
uh, but the new next algorithm comes along and it's not protected yes. anymore. So yes. this is why we don't want to do this. And from the research shown, those those micro changes, they will end up in a loop that you cannot really break. So we're saying we're changing the entire phase. But here's what you can do. Uh, so uh, we're having an app in the pipeline to take a selfie. You you decide, okay, I share it responsibly with only some people, and you can then select the people in the back, for example, to, to have a replaced face. And mm -hmm. you can say, okay, for this certain platform, it's more about the moment and it's more about uh, something. And people actually know that it's me. I just replaced myself for that one as well. Um, <laughs> so to give you basically the freedom to select uh, yourself or select the people in the back. And then in the end, it's your choice who to share it with. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So how do people use your service and, and, and where do you see that going? Do you see yourself being in the camera app at some point or what, what do people need to do to use your service? As of right now, we launch it as a web tool. So you can open it on a browser, have, for example, from right now targeting mostly group images. So maybe you, you come home from a big event, you have 20 photos, you check them, you want to upload some. So use that as a web browsing platform and also a bit of support for mobile app to just test it and do it as well. So as a mobile application. But we see, as you say, and as I mentioned, we have in the pipeline an app so that you can use it directly on your phone take a picture wherever you want, select the faces that should be protected, uh, and then share it wherever you want. And this is where we see the future of any kind of data protection like that to keep it as close to the original capturing. Because even after you captured the picture, it's being already uploaded to your iCloud. It's being uh, yes. maybe use a filter and it's being uploaded to Instagram. So to really have on the device the first level of safety and then uh, give the user the uh, ability to protect those faces. Very, very interesting things. Uh, so at some point, perhaps you could see a deal with maybe somebody like a Google or an Apple even to be an option perhaps in the, the default camera. Let's say our uh, investors think it's magic. <laughs> okay, very good. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time. It's been very, very interesting. John, it was great having you. Great questions. And um, yeah, happy to be here. Excellent. For everybody else, thank you for joining us on Tech First. My name, of course, is John Kutsir. I appreciate you joining the show. Uh, this podcast will be live today or tomorrow. Uh, search for Tech First and all the major platforms. You'll be able to get a full transcript as well in about a week or sometimes two, three days at johnkutsir.com. And the full story at Forbes comes out right after that. Plus, of course, the video will remain available on my YouTube channel. Thank you for joining. Until next time, this is John Kutsir with Tech First. Thank you.